You know, I think it is kind of crazy what love can do. It can make you do wild things like, I don't know, hosting a national morning show alone because your best friend uh, has a bit of a sore throat. And she doesn't tell you till 11 p.m. the night before. Good morning. Welcome to The Morning Beat. This is AJ Gibson. Uh, my girl, Michaela Gordon, is out today. This is the reality of the world we're living in. Uh, she's she's not feeling 100% right now. So uh, she was trying to come into work. She has never really missed a day for sickness, I don't think, in four years. She's incredible. Um, but we said, go ahead and stay home. And I am going to live my dream, Vanessa. I'm going to try to fill four hours of a talk show by myself, talking to myself, sharing opinions with and from myself. Uh, and if you know me at all, you know this is sort of my dream. So I'm okay. Uh, super, <laughs> super excited. You have a fantastic show planned for you. You've got a couple of really great guests stopping by. Um, we're talking about... Uh, Prosopagnosis. How about that word? Uh, say that three times fast. We're discussing what that means and what the health. Uh, and we're also sharing a queer love story a little bit later on uh, uh, with uh, somebody we're really, really excited to have on the show. You might know him from the real L word. Uh, they're going to be joining us a little bit later on. Coming up here in just a few minutes, though, we're talking about gender reveals. Vanessa, what is up with these gender reveals? Is this an American thing? Like, do they do this in Colombia? I know you grew up most of your life here in the United States, but you do have family back home in Colombia. Are gender reveals a thing down there too? The thing is, I don't know because I only go to Colombia every, every so often, and every time I go, I don't think I've ever seen a gender reveal. Yeah. But they have become like a popular world thing. Yeah, I think that's just like a new thing that we just want to do more parties. Do you think it's social media? Do you think it's social media? That's why people social media. Are, Everyone mm. wants to be famous. It's social media. Uh, speaking of social, then, oh no, go, but then but what? no, but when I hear the stories, I'm like, guys, I don't. Let's not do them. Well, let's not do them with like fireworks and stuff that are going to burn down forests. Like these sorts of things happen, and it, it, it's so it's so problematic for so many reasons. Also, guess what? what? Uh, newsflash: there are more than two genders. Always have been. Always will be. So this whole like blue pink thing, it's a little bit wild. I will say this: my mom, Mama Kath. God bless her. Not that this was intentional. However, my baby blanket, I still have it. It's not blue. It's not pink. It's green. How'd you know? Because that's the gender neutral color or yellow or orange. Yeah, right? I think <laughs> yellow and green are like the common ones. Yeah. I've seen yellow ones before too. I like that because it never really put an expectation on me to be like this really boyish boy. Also, where we grow up, our, our mascot in our high school is green. So our colors are green and like green and white, I believe. Uh, so maybe that's why she did it. Who knows? But she didn't try to make me a masculine boy. Not from day one. She knew better. She knew better, especially when I turned five and started wearing her high heels. That part. Uh, but we have a fantastic show coming up for you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us or hanging out with me. As always, let's get into some news on the beat. Uh, for the second year in a row, an Idaho radio station is flipping some anti-LGBTQ listeners the bird over its Pride Month logo. On June 1st, Classic Rock Station 96.9, the Eagle KKGL replaced their usual logo on Facebook with an LGBTQ Pride-themed version featuring a progress flag overlaid with their signature bald eagle. Plenty of fans cheered the Pride post, but within days, the station's Facebook account was also inundated with hateful messages. In response, KKGL announced they would keep the queer version of their logo up through the month of July. <laughs> they extended it for a second month. I love that. Week one, and you just brought, uh, bought yourself another month of keeping the flag up, the station wrote in a June 3rd post, along with screenshots of the anti-gay messages and memes it had received. 
Facebook is wild. When I tell you, I do a lot of campaigns, you know, Vanessa, for different brands, and one of them is Barefoot Wines. I've worked with them for years. They paid for our wedding. Like, they're fantastic, and they've been supporting our community since 1988, like at the height of the HIV AIDS epidemic, and they've always been steadfast in their support of us. And whenever I work with them, they usually require that I post my post on Instagram and Facebook. Last round, last year, I had to ask them to take me off of Facebook because I was getting so much hate just hatred for posting anything with a rainbow on it. And that's why I'm not on Facebook. Uh, yeah, they just, just destroy. It's, it's an older older yeah. demographic, I think. It's like our parents and grandparents were on Facebook, and it's definitely not a very kind place. So kudos to you for uh, putting that pride flag up for a whole another month. That's how you fight hate. I love that. Uh, yes, of course. All right, Kai Shipley, an 11-year-old transgender activist in Texas, is leaving the state after having fought anti-trans bills there since she was five. Wow. Kai shared a photo on social media. It showed a yard sign that said garage sale. My mom sold our home and everything that doesn't fit in our car because the state I was born in is not safe for trans kids. Anyways, happy Independence Day to everyone who gets to celebrate that. Uh, Shapley said she first began planning to move during last year's legislative session when Kai testified against a bill that would have made it a felony for doctors to provide trans minors with gender-affirming medical care. But then, she said, two recent events kicked the slow planning process into overdrive, the Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade last month, and an interview that her nine-year-old son Caleb did with Vogue magazine as part of an article about Kai. This is really interesting stuff. Also, uh, she's been advocating for trans rights since she was five, and her brother Caleb is talking to Vogue at age nine. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's a high of 88 today in D.C., 96 in Orlando, 103 in Austin, 81 here in Los Angeles, 71 in San Francisco. Not too bad up there in the Bay Area. And a high of 109 in Palm Springs. Do you like hot weather, Vanessa? I love hot weather. Yeah, so do I. As long as I have a mojito and a swimming pool. Uh, here's your vibe uh, for the day. Happy people plan actions. They don't plan results. Well, our plan for today's show is thrown out the window, and we're going to see how this goes with no Michaela. So far, so good-ish. Uh, coming up, though, in just a moment, in about uh, seven minutes from right now, another gender reveal has gone terribly bad. We'll tell you why next. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. You know who shouldn't have gender reveal parties, Vanessa? Two types of people. Uh, the first type, humans. Nobody should because there's multiple genders. We know that, right? But if you are going to have them, this type of person should not be involved. A parent who cares about the outcome, who actually has a preference Right. And gender reveal parties have become more and more popular in recent years. Uh, and uh, there's a study back in 2018 uh, done by Finnish and American scientists. Uh, about 350 women and about over 400 men took part in this experiment to gauge their sort of subconscious preferences. They were shown rapid fire images of baby boys and girls. And then they had to categorize them very quickly using a series of uh, positive and negative adjectives that were like subtly positive and subtly negative, so it wasn't so obvious. And the results showed that uh, men only had a slight preference for, for male children, just barely. Women, though, had a pretty overwhelming preference to have girls. So it's really interesting. So more women than men actually prefer. Why do you think that is, before I get into the meat and potatoes of this story? Well... 
I've been to like a couple of gender reveal parties, mm-hmm. and I'm always thinking in my head, guys, I feel like this is pointless because no matter what, we have to be excited about the outcome. You, yeah, you can't. You like, have to. Half of you can't be like, oh, my team lost. <laughs> I'm mad. Like you chose to have a baby, so be excited about whatever you get. But I think uh, women want to have girls because they want to dress up like them. They want to be twins with their baby. They want to have, like, friends. Yeah. Little friends. And then I think, like, men also want to be friends with their baby. Like, oh, my God, we could do all of this, I think. If you go with that, whatever society, like, the gender. I feel like men are more inclined to be like, all right, daddy's girl, it's a thing. I I would love to be, like, protect my daughter. So they're a little bit more open to that. Women, yeah, women are like, I don't know what to do with a little boy. That's, like, that's weird. Like, what are they going to do? They're going to grow up and they're going to, like, be a macho man and go marry some other woman, probably, uh, unless, unless they turn out like me. And I'm my mom's favorite for many reasons, mostly because I'm a flaming homosexual and I treat her like a queen. So she loves that about me. Um, but this couple decided to have a gender reveal party uh, and the Internet is very, very they've got a lot of thoughts on how they did it. So each of them had, you know, those little uh, party poppers that you pull and then a, a color flies into the air. Well, the man and the woman both had one and they were having twins. So there's a chance there could be two blue two pink or a blue and a pink Mm -hmm. or green or yellow, whatever color they're using, but they were using blue and pink. Right. And when the time comes to find out, they pull their poppers and both of them are pink and everybody's cheering. But the dad is visibly upset, like pouting about it. Very unhappy with the result. He was hoping he would have at least one boy, which I can understand if it weren't for the fact that they have a 15 month old son already. The first child they had just over a year ago is a boy. That only tells me this guy is very like uh, super macho, yeah. like, or like toxic masculinity. And like, like, what does that say to his daughters in the future? That's the thing, and that's what a lot of these these commenters are saying. Listen, someday your daughters are going to be you know teenagers. Or they're going to be on social media or be able to find this video. And and it's so funny. They say teenagers, they're going to be five and they're going to be able to find the video, to be clear. Um, Kids are smart, but they're going to be looking back at this and be like, oh, my God, you didn't even want me. It's interesting, though, because I will say that I've often had a little soft spot for my younger sister because my mom didn't really necessarily want a second kid. And that's there's proof of that by the fact that she doesn't have a whole lot of pictures of her when she's really, really young. When I was born, I was her first child. Very, very excited. She was a newlywed. It was a different situation. By the time my sister was born five years later, my mom and dad were just a disaster of a relationship. They should have been divorced by then. My mom knew that. It wasn't getting any better. It was getting much worse by the day. And my mom, as many do, especially back in the 1980s, thought that the way to rekindle the love and save the relationship was to have another child. And... It doesn't mean that she's not thrilled and doesn't love my sister just like the rest of her kids. But that second child for her was not the happiest time in my mom's life. And my mom was still like a young girl in her 20s at the time having a second child. Um, So I I get it. If you're not ready, though, for the second child or if you care about the gender of the second child. Don't have a party. Don't have one. (laughs) And it's just that simple because obviously, according to the study, you know, people do have a preference and that's fine. Like, we all have preferences in life. It is what it is. But maybe just don't do it publicly because all of your friends and family are going to be standing there awkwardly staring at you, wondering why you're disappointed when you should be focused on the fact that 
as as far as you know, because this woman was very, very pregnant, by the way. She's like in her third trimester, about to pop. Uh, their kids are healthy. Isn't that the thing that's important? Like, you want to have healthy kids. Exactly. And if you are going to have this, just fake it. Come yes. on. Fake it for the video so that your kids someday don't feel like you're a complete a-hole because you kind of were. Uh, speaking of a-holes, I'm not a huge fan of Elon Musk. I don't love him. I don't think he's fantastic. But uh, he's back in the news again being compared to Nick Cannon, of all people. Find out why next. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. All right, let's shake things up and do what's popping a little bit early this morning because I really want to get to this story. Shall we, Vanessa? Let's do it. Elon Musk. He's an interesting character. Uh, Almost bought Twitter. That deal kind of fell through. Not really sure where that stands anymore. But uh, the wealthiest man in the world has spoken out after welcoming twins, saying that he's doing his best to help the underpopulation crisis. So Elon Musk and Siobhan Zillis, uh, not Grimes, by the way, Siobhan is her name, uh, who is the project manager of his Neuralink company, secretly welcomed twins in November 2021, according to court documents. It's really fascinating stuff because uh, on Thursday, uh, yesterday, one day after Insider published court documents uh, that revealed that they welcomed these twins together, uh, Musk alluded to the baby news in a tweet saying, doing my best to help the underpopulation crisis, which we just said, a collapsing birth rate is the biggest danger civilization faces by far. In a follow-up tweet, he wrote, mark my words, they are, sad, they are sadly true, and I hope you have big families, and congrats to those who already do. Now, this is all being discovered because of uh, court documents. Uh, the twins were born in Austin, Texas, uh, back in April, and uh, a Texan county court was asked to change their baby's name so they would have their father's last name and contain their mother's last name as part of their middle name. So they want the Musk name, which is why people now have gotten a hold of these documents because they're actually, they, they brought attention to it. Now, I understand why she wants her kids to have the Musk name because with that name comes power, a lot of power, a lot of money, probably inheritance uh, or, or trust funds. Uh, so that's important. But while we don't know the sex of the two children, um, we do know that they exist. This is really fascinating to me because a couple of things. One, he just had Grimes uh, two years ago, or his, his child with Grimes. He had a son named XAEA-12 or something. <laughs> we don't really know. We never really figured that one out. Um, and, but no word on how Grimes feels about this. No, and you, did you know that they also have a second baby that Grimes had via surrogate? Yes. Well, he now has 10 children. Which is why he's being compared to Nick Cannon, which is wild. Um, he has 18-year-old twins already with Viviana, uh, n- named Vivian Jane, uh, Jenna Wilson, and Griffin, uh, and then he has triplets named Kai, Gosh. Damian, and Sax. They were born back in 2006 uh, with his wife, his first wife Justine, and then he has another son, Nevada, uh, who did pass away uh, about 10 weeks after being born. So he had another child as well, but like. This is really interesting stuff. And he's talking about overpopulation or underpopulation, actually. And what I always thought we were told is that the world is becoming too populated. Elon Musk is saying there aren't enough people to sustain life as we know it on this planet. Is he right? Is he wrong? Do I care? I don't know. But 10 kids now, he and Nick Cannon, the the good thing about them is they pay the bills like the kids are taken care of. 
Do you know what I mean? My dad has a bunch of kids, and he was kind of absent for half of those <laughs> childhoods, to be fair. Uh, but these guys have the money and the resources to raise their kids. Is that enough? Eh, who knows, but who actually gets it all anymore? You know what I mean? Um, so I guess congratulations to Elon and his mistress. Wait, but have you seen the photos of her? She uh, kind of looks like Billie Eilish. Oh, my. Please pr- spread that around. Why? <laughs> why? She gonna... literally looks like Billie Eilish. Oh, my gosh. Il- Elon and Billy sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G? The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. Coming up this hour on What the Health in about 15 minutes from right now, uh, Brad Pitt says he has face blindness. Uh, what does that mean? There's actually a term for it that's very complicated to say. I'm not even going to try to say it right now because I will mess it up. Uh, but we're going to be joined by an expert, uh, the chair of Stanford's Department of Psychology, uh, and an expert on facial, facial recognition joining us this hour in What the Health uh, to talk about what it is Brad Pitt is going through and and um, if it's something you should be concerned about because it happens to more people than you realize. Join us for What the Health coming up in just a little bit. Just a quick reminder, Michaela Gordon, uh, not feeling fantastic right now. Got a bit of a sore throat, I think, and didn't. she tried her best. She wanted to be here so bad. She, she hates missing work. And last night at about 11 p.m., I was fast asleep, and so was our producer, Vanessa. But we both woke up this morning to messages that her partner, Lisa, had sent saying, hey, Michaela really can't work. And so we're here solo today. Vanessa might jump on the mic from time to time. Uh, but for the most part, you just get to listen to me talk ad nauseum for four hours. So if this is not my dream come true, I don't know what is. I will tell you this, Vanessa. When I was a kid, I had a teacher by the name of Sister Martha, right? Third grade. She was my teacher. Went to Immaculate Conception Elementary School. And keep in mind, every single time we'd get a report card, there would be the section of like the grades, A, B, C, whatever. And I was like, I was like an A, B student, an occasional C maybe, not in elementary though. And then on the other side, it was like your performance based on like what type of human you are in the classroom. And you would get ones, twos, and threes based on one is excellent, two is satisfactory, three means you got to work on this thing like works well with others, quiet time, you know, stays quiet during class. And I would get a whole list of threes every time because I talked a lot. And Sister Martha one time made me take my desk. She said, you talk so loud, you can hear you from the hallway. Take your desk. She sat in my desk in the hallway, most humiliating thing ever, probably kind of some sort of child abuse now that I say it out loud. And she made me spend an entire day with my desk in the hallway while she taught class to my 25 classmates in the classroom. Sister Martha. May she rest Sister in peace. Sister Martha. <laughs> she was a wild one. I did kind of love her, though, but she was a tough, tough cookie. <sighs> well, we have a great hour coming up. Right now, though, it's time for some news on the beat. Let's get to it. Now, there's a lot of really anti-LGBTQ legislation being passed around the country uh, in different uh, Republican states everywhere. However, a glimmer of hope coming out of North Carolina because Garner is a town in Wake County, North Carolina, and they've just adopted protections for the LGBTQ community and others. Now, the town councils voted on Tuesday night, uh, a week after members tabled the discussion on joining the county's non-discrimination ordinance. Now, back in October, the Wake County Board of Commissioners approved a non-discrimination ordinance that expanded protections but only applied it to the unincorporated areas of the county. Towns and cities in the county had to decide whether to join 
which is where Garner comes in. Now, before joining, Garner had a harassment and sexual uh, harassment and sexual harassment policy that protected town employees. Now, their queer community is also protected. Kudos to them. Um, speaking of our queer community, Megan Rapino, one of the biggest stars uh, on the women's national soccer team. She's a proponent for equal pay and equal rights for female athletes. And she's being honored because President Joe Biden yesterday awarded the soccer star the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the nation's highest civilian honor. Rapino was among 17 recipients, along with gymnast and fellow Olympian Simone Biles. You may have heard of her the Academy Award-winning actor Denzel Washington, and the late Senator John McCain from Arizona, uh, the Republican who passed away in 2018, known as the Maverick. Rapino was the first so- uh, soccer player to receive the award and one of just six female athletes or coaches. President Biden also paid tribute to 25-year-old gymnast Simone Biles, uh, and he had this to say about the icon. Simone Biles, the most decorated American gymnast in history, who everyone stops everything every time she was on camera just to watch just to see her. when we see her compete we see unmatched unmatched power and determination grace and daring a trailblazer and a role model when she stands on the podium she sees we see what she is absolute courage turn personal pain into a greater purpose to stand up and speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. I love that. I think it's a great speech. And, uh, and uh, this is always, it's always one of those moments where you're like, okay, this is cool. It's nonpartisan. It feels pretty, you know, pretty inclusive. And Joe Biden showing some love to Simone Biles as she deserves. She's incredible, such a phenomenal athlete and representative for her sport. And for women everywhere, to be honest. Uh, now, in Saturn news. And short people. And short people. Ah. Right? Did you ever think about being a, a gymnast? Never. No? No. Can you do a cartwheel? No. Uh, I was in cheer, guys, and I literally don't even know how I made it because I don't even know how to do a cartwheel. I can do a round off. No, I can't even do, like, the moon thing. The moon thing. Oh, the arch. Yeah, I'm too old for that now. Anything. It hurts. And, and they try to make me do it in yoga and sometimes. And it doesn't really work, so... I dated the cheerleader for many years. He took me to a gym one time and tried to teach me how to tumble. And I thought I was going to throw up as soon as, like, 20 minutes in, I was about to throw up. We were flipping and spinning. It was terrible. Those big foam pits where you can just tumble and land on the pit, I was doing that. Not a good idea. Don't recommend it. Let's get into some weather. It's a high of 88 today in your former home of Miami, Vanessa. 78 in Chicago. 94 in Denver. 81 here in Los Angeles. 71 in San Francisco. Kind of nice in the Bay Area. 110 in Cathedral City. If you're in the valley, you, or in the Coachella Valley, you know what to do. Stay cool, stay hydrated. It's always hot all summer long. Here's a vibe for you. Happy people plan actions. Uh, they don't plan results. You can't control how things turn out, but you can control how you approach life. Coming up here in just a moment, what the health? Facial blindness. What is it? Why does Brad Pitt have it? And should you be concerned? Next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. It's time for another round of What the Health. Uh, this topic a little bit interesting because many times I found myself, you know, not remembering somebody's name. It's not because I can't recognize them, though. I'm really good at recognizing people. I just forget their names. But for some, the facial recognition might be missing, and there might actually be a term for it. We're joined now by Kalanick Grill Specter, who's the chair of Stanford's Department of Psychology and an expert on face recognition. Uh, Kalanick, thank you so much for being here. Um, 
This is something that Brad Pitt apparently has, and there's a term for the sort of face face blindness. Uh, what is it, and what do our listeners need to know? Uh, good morning. Um, the term for it is prosopagnosia. Prosopagnosia. Yep. So what exactly does that mean? Uh, proso means person, and agnosia means inability to recognize. So prosopagnosia means inability to recognize a person from their face. So, so how do you how do you diagnose something like that? Like, how does somebody? Because some people just assume most people probably would just assume they just have a bad memory or they didn't know. But my but my husband is the exact opposite. He recognizes faces immediately, knows exactly who they are, where they're from, and what their name is. But for those who maybe don't, like Brad Pitt, uh, how do you diagnose something like that? And and and, and is it treatable? So. Uh what usually we do to a lot of people say I don't recognize faces well, but most of the time they're fine. Um, we do some uh, behavioral testing where we show people uh, pictures of uh, faces that are unfamiliar to them, and then uh, then shows them later the same faces uh, in different, let's say, poses or different lighting, and then ask them to recognize the faces that they've seen before compared to other faces that are actually quite similar in their appearance, but might be of a different person. So you might think like two siblings, they have some similarities in their appearance, but they're not the same face. Mm. And most people do really well on this test. um, But some people just do quite uh, poorly on this test. And this is how we know that they have some perceptual ability in, in their uh, ability to recognize faces. Well, listen, I mean, I can't get Amy Adams and, and, and Blyce Dallas Howard right to save my life. They look like the same person to me, but that's because they look similar. And I think most people would agree with that. Uh, and there are just some people who look like other people. That's fine. Um, but for those who maybe do have this disorder and they, they cannot recognize somebody's face, uh, does that does that carry over into other aspects of their life or is it just faces? It's really just faces. That's what makes this so interesting. So, for example, is there other things that might be looking similar, like different kinds of cars? You know, I'm really bad at telling different kinds of cars or different kinds of bikes. Um, but they don't have, it's not really a problem of distinguishing between similar things that look generally similar. It's more about uh, faces, mm. specifically. That's so fascinating. Is this something that... I don't know about if you know about Brad Pitt's case in particular, but in general, is this something that people are born with? Uh, is it a result of you know a traumatic experience or a moment in their life? Like what usually leads to this? Okay, so there are two kinds of uh, prosopagnosia. One prosopagnosia is thought to be either something that's congenital people are born with or something that may be about their development, uh, and that's called developmental prosopagnosia or congenital prosopagnosia. Um, and these people who have normal lives and they might even not know of their, uh, that something's off in their face recognition until they grow up. And in fact, many people only notice it when they move to places that they're suddenly inundated by a lot of people. So suppose you move from a small town where you know everybody and then you go to college, let's say in UCLA, there's lots of people and suddenly you notice that a lot of people recognize other people and you really have a hard time. Mm. So sometimes people just find out about that. That's really late, fascinating. Late, right? Well, it's fast. Um, 
Well, according yeah. to a study done by Harvard, your rival, yeah. uh, if you're at Stanford, uh, a study said that up, up to 2% of people actually have this. So if you think you might have facial blindness, uh, do you reach out to your primary care physician? Who do you reach out to to, to, to get a diagnosis? Um, so first you might always consult with your uh, primary care physician if you feel that something is bothering your social and daily interaction. If you're interested in kind of getting tested, uh, there's an organization called faceblind.org. So it's faceblind.org. And this is run by a, a consortium of scientists uh, at Dartmouth, UCL, and Harvard. And they do a variety of uh, testing, and they might diagnose you if you have a uh, specific problems in face recognition or not. Well, thank you so much, Colin Grill Specter, Chair of Stanford's Department of Psychology and expert on facial recognition. I won't feel so bad next time I interview Brad Pitt and he has no idea who I am. The Morning Beat with A.J. Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. It's a really interesting conversation, Vanessa, and I want to get your thoughts on this as well. Uh, this was going around on Reddit recently, and there's a suggestion that we shut down social media at 6 p.m. every day, just like just like a business, would that be a good good idea? Imagine all the things that we would do. People go would work work out more. They would work out more would if they? they like to. If they like to work out, yeah, they would do activities. You would hang out with your friends. Would we? Honestly, I really feel that if we didn't have social, if it closed like a business, we would do more things. Like, cause imagine life. Remember when we didn't have social media? What would you do in the afternoons? Sit and watch TV all day. I think that's what most people would do. I don't think most awesome. people are getting together because I'm I'm a little bit the opposite. I think that social media motivates me to get out and do stuff. Really? Yeah, because when I see people like post about a new restaurant or a new you know theater production or something, I'm like, oh gosh, I want to do that. And then I start Googling it and then I buy it. Or I see I see like an outfit that's really cool that I like on somebody's Instagram. I'm like, oh, I want to get that. And then I do some research and then I go buy it. Um, so I don't know. I don't know because here's the other thing. If you, if you actually did this, if you actually took social media down at 6 p.m., like whatever your time zone is, 6 p.m. gets shut off. Your phone is no longer able to access social media. In theory, that sounds smart. But in reality, what that does is it kills social media because I'm – I, I, you know, I work as a television and radio host. I'm an author. I, I wear many hats. One of those hats, though, and I hate this term, and they haven't come up with a better one just yet, is that I'm an influencer. Meaning yes, that I, you are. Listen, that I, I work with brands and I and I create branded content, basically little commercials that go up on Instagram, Facebook, you know, where you know wherever else, and I get paid a lot of money to do it. Half of my yearly salary, you know, comes from that. I make as much doing that, if not more, than I make here at this job. So it's a, it's a very vital part of my life. My, my husband, same thing. Many people live solely off social media. So if you take social media away at 6 p.m., that's when most people get home from work and look at your social media. And they like your post, they comment on your post, they support your posts. So, and I see it all the time. If we post something in the morning, it might do okay throughout the day. Then you can tell, oh, East Coast is getting off work right now, starting to get a lot of love in New York. Oh, okay, LA's off now. You know, and, and so then if you take that away, then what I think would happen is we're all just on our phones at work all day long. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we're just checking our Instagram because like, oh, we're like you're you're hitting you're up against a deadline, it's five PM. 
and your boss, you know, have a deadline for you that you have to hit, but you're also like, I haven't been on TikTok yet today or Instagram. And chances are more people than you realize are going to be on social media as opposed to doing their jobs. I guess another reason why I wouldn't work, like you said, time zones. Yeah, it changes time. Not yeah. everybody, it's not six o'clock everywhere at and the same you'll time. you'll never connect with people on the other side of the world. So here's a thought. Ugh. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we could all just be functioning humans and limit the amount of social media time that we spend. I'm guilty of this sometimes as well. Um, but maybe we could do that. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. Coming up in our final hour, or in this hour, actually, we're in our third hour right now. I'm by myself right now, no Michaela, so I don't know what's going on. Uh, coming up in our third hour, uh, we've got uh, a love story, a lesbian love story that's really, really pretty cool uh, that you have to hear the details to believe. Uh, their paths crossed sort of many, many, many years ago when one of the women dated the other woman's brother. Now the two women are very much together, and they're joining us to share their story coming up in about 15 minutes from right now. Vanessa, I love a good love story. I don't care who it is. I love it. I'm we low need key- love. We do need love. We do need love. Do you know that uh, Moulin Rouge opened last night at the Pantages Theater here in Los Angeles? I wanted to go. We actually got reached out to, somebody reached out to my husband and said, hey, would you like comp tickets for opening night? Come do the red carpet. It's a whole fancy thing. He said, absolutely. I'd love that. Our wedding had a very Moulin Rouge theme recently. It's perfect. And then they ghosted us. They never followed up. So I'm going to show them by going to see Kinky Boots tonight at the Hollywood Bowl. How about that? I love Kinky Boots. It's so good. Uh, Moulin Rouge, though, is my favorite love story of all time. Besides the notebook. Because I haven't of a sap. seen it. Wait, what? <laughs> I know. I don't want to say. I have to watch it. You've never seen it? I just know Nicole Kidman's in it. And yes. she had red hair. And Ewan McGregor. Well, Nicole Kidman has red hair, you know. Yeah, but like in that movie. Yeah, also in that That's movie. That's all I it's know. more red. That's all I know. Redder is what you're trying to say. Oh, and that uh, that one song... <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's wow. all I know. Lady Marmalade, is that what you're trying to yes, sing? Yes, thank you. Who sings that? Do you know? I do. Who? Pink. And? Christina Aguilera. Uh-huh. Uh, Maya. Maya. And? And a rapper. Yeah, who was the rapper? Uh, Missy Elliott? No. Queen Latifah or somebody? Little who was Kim? it? Lil' Kim, maybe? Lil' Kim. Was it? Well done. Well done. All right. Well, coming up this hour, that is what we have for you currently, though. It's time for News on the Beat, so let's get right to it. Kai Shapley, an 11-year-old transgender activist in Texas, is leaving the state after having fought anti-trans bills there since she was five. Five years old. Kai shared a photo on social media on Monday. It showed a yard sign that said, Garage sale. My mom sold our home and everything that doesn't fit in our car because the state I was born in is not safe for trans kids, she said in the tweet. Anyways, happy Independence Day to everyone who gets to celebrate that. Shapley said she first began planning to move during last year's legislative session when Kai testified against a bill that would have made it a felony for doctors to provide trans minors with gender-affirming medical care. But then, she said, two recent events kicked the slow planning process into overdrive, the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade last month, and an interview that her nine-year-old son, Caleb, did with Vogue magazine as part of an article about Kai. So these kids are 11 and 9 years old, and these are the things they have to stress about. They're, they're, They're giving interviews to Vogue, they're going in front of the government. 
fighting the Supreme Court and they're 9 and 11 years old. That's a problem. Uh, hopefully they find a place where they are safe and they are loved and they can thrive. Also, for the second year in a row, an Idaho radio station is flipping some anti-LGBTQ listeners the bird over its Pride Month logo. It's not our radio station. We support Pride 365 days a year, but this is good, too. On June 1st, classic rock station 96.9 The Eagle replaced their usual logo on Facebook with an an LGBTQ Pride-themed version featuring a progress flag overlaid with their signature bald eagle. A lot of companies do this during June, and then they take it down July 1st, and we call them out for it. Well, plenty of fans cheered the Pride post, but within days, the station's Facebook account was also inundated with hateful messages because Facebook's hateful and it's full of old people. In response, KKGL announced they would keep the queer version of their logo up through the month of July. They said, quote, week one, and you just bought yourself another month of keeping the flag up. I love them. I love that. Hey, you, you have a problem with us? We have a problem with you. And you're going to have to look at this for another month. They're not afraid of losing You know what? Listeners. The whole year. Yes, the whole year. We're here. We're queer. Get used to it. Yes. I wonder if it's some like gay intern there or somebody who's in charge of their social media is like, listen, clapping back, getting all sassy. I, I love it. I live for it. Uh, in sadder news, former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has died at the age of 67 after being shot during a speech on Friday in Nara, Japan, just hours ago. Um, also, uh, Abe also died from excessive bleeding, and the bullet that killed him was deep enough to reach his heart, doctors at Nara Medical University said in the news conference. Two shots can be heard in video footage of the assassination. Police have arrested a man in his 40s in connection with the shooting and retrieved what appeared to be a homemade gun. Abe was the longest-serving Japanese prime minister in history. He stepped down as leader in 2020, citing health reasons, but he was out campaigning for others in his party recently. He is from the Liberal Democratic Party uh, in Japan, uh, a close ally of Barack Obama, who shared a photo on his Instagram of the two together uh, earlier this morning. Just so, so sad that in 2022, we're even thinking about words like assassination. Uh, And in a place like Japan, where their crime rate and their gun crime rate in particular is so, so low, uh, sending so much love to the people of Japan and to the family and friends of Prime Minister Shinzo Abe dead at 67. Uh, let's go to some weather. It's a high of 88 today in D.C., 96 in Orlando. Probably going to rain also for about 30 minutes in Orlando around 2 or 3 p.m. It happens every single day all summer long. If you've ever been to Orlando, you know exactly what I'm talking about. A high of 103 in Austin, 81 here in Los Angeles, 71 in San Francisco, and a balmy 109 in Palm Springs. Stay hydrated, Palm Springs. It's a hot one. Uh, here's a vibe for you. Happy people plan actions. They don't plan results. Well, I don't think our next guest planned on falling in love with uh, the sister of the man she dated for years. But uh, here we are, and she's joining us next. The Morning Beat, Channel Q. So I'm going to be honest. Now that I think about this, we had this next interview scheduled already yesterday, and then Michaela doesn't show up for work today. All right? She's in a seven-year relationship with DJ Lisa Pittman. They're very much in love, probably getting married next year. I'm going to, I'm calling it right now, right? Uh but she doesn't like competition. Another lesbian couple on her turf. No way, no how. She didn't show up for work today. I'm here alone uh, talking to a couple whose love story is so unbelievable. you, you got to hear it from them. Uh, Nikki Weiss-Goldstein and Jill Weiss-Goldstein are on the phone right now. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing? 
Good morning, AJ. How are you? I'm good. Good I'm morning. So, I'm sorry about Michaela. She's she's really just a, a very jealous bitch, and it, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> we, we forgive her. But also my best friend, and I hope she gets better very, very soon. Um, but Nikki, you wrote this this article recently that really caught our attention, sharing your love story. And I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of set it up for you, and then I want you to like kind of like give us the juicy details. So you were in camp years ago as a young child, back in the 1980s. And for three different summers, you dated like the same guy, right? And then, well, I, let's call him. Let's call him a boy, not a guy. A boy, a boy. <laughs> sure, a boy. I didn't say man. I thought okay, a boy. <laughs> so you dated this boy, and then decades go by, and then through the power of social media, you're kind of curious, and you look into you know finding people from your camp days. And you come across him, and you remember that he had a sister as well. Turns out that sister had been looking for you. Why? Well, sort of went like that. Let, let me back it up a little bit. Yes, we went to this overnight camp um, together, and for three summers, Matt Goldstein was my boyfriend. And when Facebook just started in 2008, I joined very, you know, curiously and looking at friends and, um, and camp friends. And there was a camp page, and I signed up to the camp page. And I found some bunkmates and I said, has anybody heard about what happened with Matt and Jill? And um, about 48 hours later, out of the blue, I got an email saying, is this Nicole from Camp Nakamixon? This, If so, this is Jill um, and Matt. And I went, wait, what? I mean, they recognized my picture on this, you know, camp Facebook page, and she found me. Wait, okay, I got to ask Jill. So Jill's on the line, correct? You're both here, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so Jill, yes. had you known that Nikki was looking into you and your brother at this time, or you just happened to reach out 48 hours later on your own? No, I had absolutely no idea. What that, happened on my end what? was I went home to visit family, and my brother is a physician, so doesn't spend a lot of time online, and at the time was asking me what this new Facebook thing was. So I had, <laughs> you know, showed him. I, I gave him a little, you know, tutorial of what it was, and coincidentally, I had an email from a camp counselor that he and I still kept in touch with. So it just sparked the conversation of camp. And in that conversation, I said, I'm going to do a search. I wonder if we'll find anyone. So I stumbled across this, you know, modest little camp page where most campers were of today's generation. And every now and then you come across a profile of, you know, a camper that was our age. And I stumbled across this profile of, you know, a Nikki Weiss. And again, I knew her as Nicole. And she was this beautiful blonde woman. And I just stopped in my tracks and I said to my brother, do you think that's Nicole from camp? Do you remember her? And I said, you know what, I'm going to find out. So I sent her an email and I said, you know, are you Nicole from camp circa 1984? If so, a warm, I think I actually said a, a warm, warm hello. A warm hello from Matt and his little sister. <laughs> oh, my. Okay, so this is really fascinating. So you've been, coincidental. You, you've both sort of been on your own journeys with sexuality since then that you were not talking about. So you guys did connect. You started talking first via email, then over the phone. And the sexuality stuff wasn't really coming up at first. And then you also admitted, Jill, that you did some research and that Nikki, like Nikki's kind of, kind of, kind of dope. Like she'd won a GLAAD award, <laughs> a GLAAD award yes. for appearing on the Oprah Winfrey show. She was also a consultant on the first lesbian storyline for Grey's Anatomy, my favorite show of all time, by the way. Um, so, <laughs> ditto, ditto. <laughs> so you knew about Nikki. When did you finally realize, hey, there's actually something here beyond this this shared uh, reminiscing of our time at camp right. and, and your brother who she dated? <laughs> well, I had I Googled her immediately and came across these articles. 
and found out that she was gay. And I mean, my jaw hit the floor. I just didn't know. I didn't expect it. Now, at the time, I am in a relationship with women, kind of trying to figure my stuff out, you know, still dating men, kind of thinking I was going to marry a man ultimately. So I never really opened that can of worms, so to speak, with my family. So nobody really knew. So I find this out. We reconnect. The the comfort level of familiarity was instant. We start talking, and I just one night opened the floodgates. I was like, I have to tell you something. And I just gave her the rundown on what was going on in my world about, you know, trying to trying to figure out who I was. And I was like, oh, I knew she was flirting with me. I knew there was something <laughs> more happening I was there. not flirting. Behind the scenes. I was like, why do I have these butterflies? Every time she calls me, I'm like rehearsing <laughs> things to say before I even speak to you. It was so bizarre. Oh, I, well, yeah. I love so, that. So, 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 so then you guys connect, and it, it, there's a part of the story that just jumped off the page at me. And this, this Huffington Post article, you need to read it if you have not. If you've not read this article, you need to read it in its entirety to all of our listeners out there because the story is just there's so many twists and turns. And there is even a part, Jill. Okay, so Jill, you had been dating a woman prior, right? Yes. And you yes, went through no. a, a, correct? No, it's Nikki. Me. I oh, was Nikki was. I'm sorry, Nikki was. We, Nikki was. We went. We went through a, a really, really bad breakup. Got it. Yeah. Nikki had been dating a woman prior that was really, really toxic. Right. And when yeah. it ended, you basically said, listen, if you're going to bring this sort of venom at me, I need you to be out of my life completely. This is done 100% over. So you Correct. go to actually meet up with Jill for the very first time at a diner or a cafe or somewhere, a public location, and you feel a hand on your back, assuming it's probably, I would guess, you're assuming it's probably Jill, you turn around and it's the ex you haven't seen in two years? So Jill and I decided to meet over the Christmas holiday at the Four Seasons Hotel. And um, I was sitting in the bar waiting for her. It had been 25 years since I had seen Jill. And I feel a hand on my back and I turn around and it's my ex. And I was absolutely startled. It was a very difficult breakup for me because I wanted to remain in that relationship. But when I finally decided that I had lost myself in that relationship and I was taking my life back, I had to just cut off completely with her any kind of communication. And that's what I had said, you know, in the living room that day, like, if you're ending this relationship so venomously, I don't ever want to see or speak to you again. And she, you know, continued with the text messages and the calls. I mean, everybody's been through a breakup that's toxic. Sure. And I never responded to any of them. Not one call, not one text, not one email, nothing. So when I felt that hand on my back, assuming it was Jill and saw my ex, you can only imagine my heart was beating out of my chest, but it was like the universe was saying, take one last look, you did the right thing. Uh. So I calmly said to her, I'm going to the bathroom. I'm going to tell you exactly what I told you two years ago that I don't want to see or speak to you ever again. So when I get back to my table, I expect you to be gone. Oh. So I went to the bathroom. I cried, cried my eyes out in the bathroom, fixed my face, you know, came back and she was gone. You know what? It's so interesting because, first of all, I love that. I can't even imagine what was like racing through your mind when you were like, oh, my God, you know, Jill's supposed to be here any moment and my ex is here right now. That would just make me just feel like I was losing it. But also, I'll tell you, I got married, gosh, two and a half weeks ago. I've been married now since June. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. My partner. Yeah, my, my husband and I have been together for 10 years, and we finally got hitched on June 20th down in Mexico. It was an incredible, incredible experience. Our, our friends and family, the ones, who, the ones who support us were there, and it was a very loving experience, right? Um, That's wonderful. But a couple of weeks before the wedding, a, my toxic ex reached out to me. And Ugh. that was interesting, because I was like, why? And And... 
This ex happens to be very famous. Everybody knows who this person is, but I have not been public about it. And I remember thinking to myself, like, why now? Like, why are you doing this right now? You know I'm about to get married. But looking back, it gave me sort of a closure and a piece of like, oh, yeah, now I remember why I want nothing to do with you. And it sounds like you kind of experienced that and it opened you up to this opportunity, you know, with Jill. Why don't you catch us up? Because first of all, I want to know, first and foremost, where's the movie? When's the movie coming out? Because this is what I want to see. (laughs) Um, Nikki, we talk about that. That scene that Nikki just described, if you saw that in a movie, you would think how scripted is that no, moment. It, it seems made up. But, but Nikki, you work in the industry, so you, you probably know some people. You can make this happen. Um, but I do. Let's fast forward to 2022. You guys have a beautiful family. Uh, where do you stand right now? Well, we've been, well, we were unlawfully mad, sorry, unlawfully wed at the time in 2010. Mm -hmm. And then in 2013, when it was, you know, legally allowed, we did that at the courtroom steps. Um, So we are now legally married. We have two beautiful children that look exactly like me. However, I did none of the work and I take all of the credit. Um, (laughs) And, you know, adding a little bit more, you know, fate to the equation, our first son, who is turning 10 in October, was actually born not only on his due date, he was born on our wedding anniversary. Oh, yes. my gosh. So two years to the day. Two years to the day. The story is so saccharine, isn't it? So Jill puts a bow on his head every time it's our anniversary and says, here. Here. I got you something. <laughs> okay. Well, this is like the sweetest love story I've ever heard in my entire life. I thought that mine was the best of all time. I understand why Michaela <laughs> skipped the conversation now, but I, I do have one one small bone to pick with you. You said you have two children. I'm looking at a photo. Uh, it looks like you have a fur baby as well, which I count as a child. Yeah. Who's your dog? Okay, yes, and he's actually sitting in between us right now, Remington, yes. He's a pandemic puppy. (gasps) Wait. Okay, so I got a woodle named Kingston during the pandemic. He's a pandemic puppy. Oh, we need a puppy play date. Are you in Los Angeles or are you in San Francisco? We're in L.A. Oh, God, we need to get together and have a play date. Let's, you know, we have a lot of people in common, AJ, but we could talk about that offline. Oh, my gosh. Michaela, I'm so glad you <laughs> took the day off. Ladies, thank you so much. Nikki Weiss, uh, Goldstein, and Jill Weiss, Goldstein, I love your love story, uh, and I can't wait for our listeners to hear it and, and to share it on the podcast. Go read the article. It's fantastic. And you got to get this thing optioned. you got to get this film made because this is a love story like unlike any other. Uh, thank, thank you, AJ. morning, B. Channel Q. You won't break my soul. Oh, I love that song so much. You also won't break the soul of the two women who just joined us moments ago, Nikki and Jill. If you missed the conversation, head over to wearechannelq.com. Listen to the podcast. Their love story is unbelievable. Uh, I'm so sad that Michaela missed it, but I'm also a little bit happy that I got to enjoy it by myself. It's kind of cool. Michaela is out sick today. She'll be back hopefully Monday. Send her good vibes. If not, you got me again. I'll be here. I'm not going anywhere. Can't get rid of me. Um... This is interesting. So as people start traveling more again and, you know, we've seen the airline industry kind of catch up to pre-pandemic levels right now. It's causing some chaos uh, in airports and on airplanes. Uh, People are, you know, been stuck inside for so long. So here's some tips and tricks uh, for those who fly frequently frequent flyers like myself. I'm a Premier 1K member on United. I'm a Platinum member on Delta. Uh, I fly a lot. Global entry, TSA pre-check, clear. I've got them all. I don't like to wait in lines. I like to get through efficiently, uh, but I like, I love to travel. Some people not so prepared when they get to the airport. So here's some tips for you. Um, before going through security, here's an idea. Don't wear a ton of jewelry. 
Don't wear a ton of things that you have to take off because everybody standing in line behind you is like tapping their foot with every piece of jewelry you have to take off and put in the little bin, and it's really, really annoying. So before you get up to security, maybe, I don't know, prepare yourself. If you do have jewelry, take it off ahead of time. Um, are you, are you, when you fly, Vanessa, like what's your go-to outfit? Do you have like an outfit you like to wear? It's literally our morning show outfit. Sweat, yeah, like athleisure <laughs> wear, like sweatpants <laughs> and a t-shirt or something. the same. Yeah. I'm that way as well. You know, back in the day, people used to get all dressed up and wear suits and dresses to get on planes. It was like a fancy thing. Wait, I saw on TikTok, mm-hmm. I'm a TikTok fan, that if you dress up, if you look nice, sometimes they will upgrade you to, to first class. No, you're more likely to get upgraded. Yeah, my so. my mother-in-law taught me that years ago. She worked for Delta, and she said it's unofficial. They can never admit that. But but oftentimes when it comes down to it, now there are so many other guidelines that get you upgraded before something like that. But if they're looking to give out seats and you happen to be kind and you happen to go check in and say, hey, are there any upgrades available? You might get an upgrade, which is kind of cool. Also, did you see that the, the people that were getting $10,000 the other day for their canceled flight? Oh, yes. $10,000. I saw. I'm about to start booking flights all over the place just so they can cancel me. <laughs> I'm making money. That's my new income, my new living. Also, uh, if you bring a backpack, it doesn't go in the overhead bin. It goes in the seat in front of you. That's a big one, too. I usually book the front row so that I have nowhere to put it, and I have to put it up top. <laughs> a little trick for you as well. Um, also, uh, depending on like the type of plane you are, the person in the window seat gets the wall and an armrest. The middle person gets two armrests and the aisle person gets the the left or the right one. Does that make sense? I think the idea is that if you're the middle seat, which is the worst seat on a plane, the the sort of like compromise is both people on the outside should give you the armrest. You, you sh- know what? I've been in that worst seat on airplanes multiple times in the well, middle. You're, you're little. Yeah, but that's not fair. Just because <laughs> I'm little, I shouldn't get the middle. And I always wonder like, well, okay, so... Okay, so where's my hand? Re- like, where's my armrest? Because you guys are taking it over. Well, I, if I'm flying not with my husband, because if I fly with my husband, I'm always in the window seat and he's in the middle seat, so we can lay on me and we can kind of cuddle. Um, but if I'm not flying with him, I always. This is another tip. This is my own tip. I wear a long sleeve shirt because I don't want my skin touching the skin of somebody next to me. It's weird. I don't know who they are. I don't want that. You know, they could be weird and clammy. They could be sweaty or dirty. Who knows? Also, keep your shoes on. People take their shoes off a lot, and if you have really clean feet and you've got socks on, maybe it's a little bit more acceptable. That's me, honestly. Yeah, you take your shoes off? Yeah. Well, you know that there are studies that show that if a plane goes down, your your likelihood of surviving is actually much higher if you have tennis shoes on. You shouldn't even wear sandals on a plane, just on the odd chance that you go down in flames. It's so terrifying. And one last thing. Um, If there is somebody sitting behind you, if you're not in the very last row, so basically everybody else on the plane, and you're going to recline... The kind thing to do as somebody who flies a lot is simply acknowledge the person behind you and make sure it's okay. 99% of the time, they're going to say fine, but you have a high likelihood of ticking somebody off if you just throw that seat back without asking. So while we're all sort of adjusting to this new normal during this pandemic and traveling and trying to have our best, you know, live our best lives all summer long, just just keep your neighbor in mind and be a little bit courteous. Tell me something you know what that means. That brings us to the end of our show. And what better way to wrap things up this week than with a story about dogs and how awesome they are. But this is not just about dogs. There's also a study that I want to be telling you about here in just a moment from my alma mater, The Ohio State University. 
This is like my most perfect situation. I got a dog during the pandemic. His name is Kingston. He's a woodle. He is a Wheaton Terrier and a poodle, and he is the sweetest, kindest thing in the world. Vanessa watched him for 10 days while I went off to Mexico and got hitched recently. He's pretty cute, right, Vanessa? He's the softest. He's like a blanket. He's like oh. he's a, a teddy bear. He's, he's just literally, he loves to cuddle, and he loves belly rubs. That's it. And he's super hyper. <laughs> he also, though, but he is a little bit hyper. He's a puppy. He barks when anybody comes near the door, but he wouldn't do a single thing. Oh, like, no. if somebody, like, were to break in, he would go and, like, lick them. So yeah. not keeping us very safe. But it turns out that dogs in general do keep communities much safer. According to a study by the Ohio State University, sociologists there uh, recently published this in the journal Social Forces. Dog walking isn't just about getting exercise. It makes us all security guards, whether we know it or not. People walking their dogs are essentially patrolling the neighborhoods, is what this study found. They see when things are not right and when there are suspect outsiders in the area. It can be a crime deterrent. So what the study says, and they they, they uh, studied a group in Columbus, Ohio, my hometown, of 600 people. And they found that the more dogs that live in a community, the less crimes, right? By two-thirds in the community. So when dogs live there and people are out and they're active and they're involved in their community, crime goes down. So get you a dog or if you don't like dogs, move into a a community that has a lot of dogs. And they actually, the the Guardian, this is funny, they they interviewed 12 burglars years ago and found that dogs, security cameras and heavy doors and a television being turned on made them less likely to invade a home. So the television turned on is interesting. Remember Kevin McAllister in Home Alone? All of a sudden he turned on the lights and turned on TV and started playing music. Yes. And the burglars left. The wet bandits or the sticky bandits, whatever they were called, that that, that movie. <laughs> there's something to it. Uh, there's something to this as well. Here's my other good story of the day. Tell us. Guess what I'm doing tonight. What? Well, I just got an email from our parent company, Odyssey. I reached out a few days ago because uh, my good friend, Jake Dupree, they're performing in Kinky Boots this weekend at the Hollywood Bowl. We talked about it. We gave away tickets a couple of weeks ago. If you're going and you're going to be there tonight, wave because I'm going to be there too. My husband and I just got tickets to go see Kinky Boots at the Hollywood Bowl. Also, Marissa Jarrett Winoker is a friend of mine. She's performing. Uh, She won a Tony Award for Hairspray. Wayne Brady is coming back as Lolita. It's going to be iconic. I've seen the show on Broadway before uh, years ago. But I cannot wait to go see it at the Hollywood Bowl. Also, my husband's never been to the Hollywood Bowl. So it's his first time you've been. It's just it's just a gorgeous venue. It's supposed to be a beautiful night out. We're going to bring some wine and cheese and crackers and live our best lives. Um, so that is my tell me something good for the day. Uh, and hopefully Michaela is going to take the weekend to feel better and rejoin us next week. If not, you got you got me. I'll be here. I'm not going anywhere. And I love to talk as uh we found out today. So thank you so much for hanging out with us today and all all, all days, every day of the week. Uh, right now, we've got three hours of specially curated music just for you, followed by Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Have a safe and happy weekend. We'll see you Monday.